Today I'm joined by B-Dub as we go through some player ranks, recent player ranks that I put up on the site. Here we go. Hello, fantasy folk. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Clutch Time podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. I'm your host, Adam King. Find me on Twitter at AdamKing91 and check out all of our content uh, over at the website, www.fbibasketball.com. As I said today, joined by B-Dub. Most of you who are part of FBI will know who he is. I don't need to do any introductions. Uh, We've managed to um wrangle some of his time he's very very busy at the moment with a young family growing family uh beat up how are you mate good thanks mate yeah it's been um the little guy took a like chose the you know the absolute best time to come along uh right in the middle of when we're firing up all the leagues uh i think we managed it pretty good uh and then we had that draft room uh issues over the last three days which uh that really kind of pushed us uh uh you know uh, to the brink just about dealing with all of that but i think we've got through the other side and i'll take this opportunity to shout out um spazzy mcgee who has been an absolute legend uh helping me restart all those or unpause all those draft rooms um amazing stuff by him uh but yeah started to get into these rankings mate let's do it yeah, let's do it. And look, to be honest, I know, I know there were some issues with the draft rooms and stuff, but it's not isolated to um, the World Cup or, or our leagues. I know it's been sort of a, it was a fan tracks wide sort of thing um, based on what we've seen on Twitter and speaking to other analysts. It's been across the board, but seems to be ironed out now. So I think we're all moving, uh, moving through the drafts and we've only got a week. So my player ranks went up on the website, I think, yesterday. Um and we tweeted them out this morning. So I thought we would spend about half an hour just going through a few names that sort of, I don't know, jump off the board a little bit. Uh, and actually, let's go this one. Yeah, let's people can see the ranks a bit easier then. So, um, yeah, just thought we'd quickly move through them, um, really the top 100, because once you get beyond 100, it's really just a, a free-for-all. You just take who you want to take. So uh, you've shot through a few names to me so if yeah i mean Jokic number one obviously that's consensus no discussion there uh the rest of the first round as we've seen is a bit open um Giannis and luca tend to be going at two and three in most drafts i think and beyond that it's really one of about eight players that you could take it pick four uh i've gone for harden at four um i like him this season but as we've seen, you, you can get him as late as 10 or 11. And Josh Lloyd actually got him a pick 17 in uh, in 30 deep today, which he was very uh, very happy about, but very surprised about as well. I, I don't know how that happened. Um, so the first guy that you sort of wanted to talk about and, and pretty relevant, uh, I think, given what's transpired the last 24 hours, is... Lamelo Ball, who I've got at, at pick twelve, uh, I did actually have him a bit higher than this, but shuffled him down due to the injury. Um, so, what are you sort of thinking now? It's looking like he'll be out for. I mean, they're saying three to four weeks, could be four, could be up to six, depending on uh, sort of rehab. But I, I'm thinking he sort of misses maybe ten to twelve games here. How does that impact your value on him? Yeah, well, I'm kind of uh, the update on his injury um, is I'm kind of getting it live. I saw a I saw a ping uh, to say that he kind of uh, he knocked up his wrist or something like that, but I wasn't sure how long he was out for. I saw him sitting there at twelve on your list. I've kind of been taking him pretty much at eight um, straight after where you would take Tatum um, in the World Cup. Uh, sorry, in Josh's locked on fantasy bowl, uh, I I actually auto picked. Uh, on the first, uh, the first, uh, the first round, and I uh, had Tyrese in my queue, uh, and I was kind of kicking myself that I let that countdown timer time out, because uh, I would have preferred to have Ball there. 
uh, that was kind of a blessing in disguise because, uh, you know, if you're out for a month, uh, you know, if it's a season long league, uh, not too bad, but, you know, it's your first pick. If the guy's out for four weeks, you know, that could really translate into you losing your first four matchups. And that's not to say that you won't make finals or whatever, but uh, I find that getting off to a good start pretty much in any format really, really helpful. Just affords you a lot of um, kind of uh, space toward the end of the season, uh, maybe to cycle through some upside guys that are, you know, that will be good after the All Star break. Maybe grab a guy that's coming back from an injury and stash him, something like that. Whereas, you know, if you if you lose your first four, six, or you know, eight matchups, even if you're kind of coming home uh, roaring. Um, you're still playing catch up and you have to be more conservative. So, uh, yeah, I kind of agree, um, you know, with you bumping him down. I didn't realize that you'd already updated your ranks based on that injury. Uh, but have like taking what I just said into account, I don't think I'd be taking him at 12 either. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I'd be taking him perhaps closer to the back of the second round or at least in the second half of the second round. Uh, at the earliest uh, and yeah very much for that reason I think he's got all the skills and all the upside to be in that top 10 uh, but yeah if he's out for that first month uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna take a pass on that one yeah look it, it does it certainly impacts uh, the value and and I think like 12 sort of on the turn there is probably as high as I would go and and, and I think you really need to ensure that you're pairing him with someone. I mean, obviously we can't project injuries, but I think you want to make sure you're pairing him with a guy that is is typically a, a fairly durable player. Like if you could pair him with a Trey Young, uh, for example, then that maybe you can take him at, at 12, 13, that sort of thing. Um, whereas, yeah, if you're going to if you're gonna take someone like a Kyrie, you're not then going to pair Kyrie with uh, Lamelo because both are a little risky so um yeah so no that that's all fair uh the next guy you had you're a little bit higher i think than me was uh anthony davis who i've got at pick 18 uh yeah look honestly i, I did say i'm probably going to jump in and and just flick a few names around in here um and having a look at the rankings there i'd i think i'd probably move him ahead of lebron now uh not sure I'm, i'd have him ahead of anyone else uh but let's let's hear it sort of you're you're higher so whereabouts would you have him in your rankings yeah i've been taking him quite a fair bit obviously i've been drafting a lot uh whether it's draft only leagues or or real leagues but um i've been taking him in around that uh 13 14 spot i just still think that he has number one upside uh, I know that, you know, Kawhi can get you into that top five conversation, um, you know, but he's almost guaranteed to sit a lot of games. Uh, you know, it's, I guess it's a guarantee that AD is going to sit some games, uh, but I don't think he has that, you know, that, uh, you know, that pre-written, I'm not playing back-to-backs. Uh, I think the, the Lakers will probably be, you know, wanting to get as many wins on the board at all points during the season as possible. So I just don't see him sitting out for rest unnecessarily, even though that's kind of what has been happening in the past. And then, yeah, I just think back to a few years ago where he's the number one guy, uh, the stat set that he that he kind of offers. And, yeah, I'm, it's kind of like, a, you know, Kyrie or, uh, you know, Paul George, Steph Curry, older guy, yeah, or not that AD is necessarily super old, but he fits into that category um, where you are taking a risk on games being missed, but just purely on skill and his potential and, uh, in his case, what he's done in the past, uh, yeah, I'd have him up a bit, uh, a fraction higher than that. Yeah, I, and look, I think that's totally fair. Look, we know how good he can be. And, and I was sort of, I think I was driving around the other day and, and thinking fantasy, which is what I do, and... <laughs> And actually thought, if you sort of think back without actually looking at numbers and stats, he tends to, his games missed, I think, tend to correlate somewhat with the team and how successful they are. So when the team is going well and needs to win, he plays. When he when they're not, he tends to be rested or injured um, because he'd had one really good season with the Pelicans. Uh, he was good for the Lakers the year that they won it. So 
I think the Lakers are probably out to prove something this season and, and would after last season's debacle. So, yeah, look, there, there's certainly a chance that he plays upwards of 65 games, which is all he needs to do to be a top five guy probably. So um, we're probably looking at about a league average of 68 games, maybe 66 for games played. So if he's around that area, he, uh, he could smash that rank. Last um, season, last season, I think uh, from memory, like his shooting was pretty trash compared yeah. to normal. So yeah, you're kind of banking on that coming back uh, a bit more to the median for him. Um, looking pretty good in preseason as well. Um, yeah, I mean the fact, he's, the fact he's out there playing big minutes in the preseason would indicate that he's healthy and and wanting to be out there. So uh, and and I think he's also I saw a something, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, he's sort of, it's almost like the team is being handed over to him from LeBron a little bit. So AD is taking on, I mean, that, that'll never happen just because of LeBron being mm. LeBron. But uh, I think that, yeah, AD is sort of starting to view himself as more of the, the alpha, whether or not that happens. But if that means he's motivated to play a bit more, then that's good for fantasy. Um so next guy was just below uh, him at pick 20, Zion. Um, I'm really high on Zion this season, maybe too high. <laughs> um, and for me, I mean, fantasy is meant to be fun. And I just, I really just want Zion on my team this season because I think he's a really fun player to watch. Uh, you're obviously not as high as me. Uh, what? So where are you thinking? I mean, I've seen him sort of ranked anywhere from where I've got him down to about 50 or the mid 40s so where have you got him in there well I'll, I'll start off by saying that the zion draft just happened that particular year across my i don't know couple of dozen uh dynasty leagues i just happened to have the number one pick in maybe five or six of them that year and obviously took zion every single time so i've been waiting for zion to have his big season uh yeah. you know for since he since he joined so i've I think highly of him. I think he's. I think he's going to have a great season this year. I think he's uh, underrated. Um, but I guess having him at twenty to me would only make sense if you're punting uh, free throws. Um, that particularly that category with him is such a massive negative. You can only you can only take him if you're a, if you're a punt free throw build. Um, if that makes sense. So, yeah. yeah, if you pump free throws, I think taking him. So you've got him in the second round. I just don't think you need to take him there um, so much. He's really getting drafted kind of in that, well, anywhere between 25 and and 45, really, although he has been uh, strengthening his ADP um, as we get closer to the season launch. Um, so let's say you took, uh, let's say you took a, a Doncic in the first round. I, for me, I wouldn't be taking Zion in the second round there. I'd be I'd be going maybe, you know, Gobert or maybe even LeBron and then coming in with Zion in the third round. So it's not to say that I don't rate the guy or I don't think he's going to have a big season. I, I would just, in my ranks, I would have him kind of in that, uh, you know, probably in that 25 to 30 range, more so than the 20 to 25 range. Yeah, and that that's fair. Like you don't have to take him at twenty. Um, I, I sort of just put him there to ensure that it would sort of warrant some chatter and some discussion. And and I took him. I think I took him in the draft I did with Josh this morning, and I took him in the third round. So I took him early third round, which was uh, yeah, sort of twenty eight that sort of range. Um, you took him after, second in the um, in the Pro Twenty Invitational, which was pick twenty one. I did. Uh, yeah, the same one where you've got him ranked there. And by the way, you've you're really leaning into that punt on that um, on that lead, which is great because you need to you need to be really kind of uh, you need to really be thinking about things to win a twenty team league, uh, particularly yeah. analysts. So I yeah. loved I love that pick uh, and the way that you did that. Um, but yeah, uh, not not a huge amount of difference. But one thing that occurs to me, Adam, is that. Uh, most of this podcast is going to be me telling you why I don't agree with you and then you, be, and you defending your, your point of no, view. No, so no, that's count. fine. I mean, ranks are very subjective and, <laughs> and these are based on, like I, I punt almost every draft I'm in. So they're, whether, whether I've meant to do it or not, 
there is going to be an element of punting in my rankings and and leaning into guys um, based on on what I do. Um, so yeah, no, that look that's fine. I'm happy to defend. I mean, I, I put them there for a reason. So um, happy to to discuss them and and some of them, as I said, I'm probably potentially going to go in and change. And the next guy is one of those guys. So Shay. Gilgis Alexander at 27, um, and and you're going to, I'm sure you're going to say that's too high, and then I'm probably actually going to agree and say, yes, that probably is too high. Um, I would probably bump him down maybe half a round, so maybe sort of 33, 34, that sort of area. Whereabouts have you got him? Uh, yeah, so yeah, probably that early fourth round um, around there. Uh, so yeah, 35 to 40 ish. Uh, I actually was probably higher on Shay than consensus, uh, you know, over the last three months leading up to the point where he got, you know, injured, or well, I'm sure he's injured, but it just kind of, you just have the flashbacks of OKC over the last couple of years yeah. where, oh, Shay's injured at the start of the season already. Uh, what, what does that say about like, they're not going to rush him back and then you know, the tank, the tank for when, when Bayana will be on toward the end of the season. So even though his numbers are stellar and he really is a second round guy, in my opinion, uh, just really start factoring in games missed. And uh, as I was saying earlier, I think it's really important to get off to that good start to the season. So yeah, dropping him back uh, all the way into that kind of late thirties range. And then I guess another reason for doing that is like that's where you can actually legitimately pick him up in draft. So yeah. uh, I've seen him go almost uh, in the yeah in the in the mid forties in a couple of like competitive drafts recently. Yeah, look, and and I'm so I'm not even going to bother defending that one because yeah, I, I probably will move him down. Um, uh, yeah, as I said, maybe yeah around the turn there on the third fourth round. Uh, yeah. The next guy you had is <laughs> long hair and all is Jimmy Butler at pick thirty. Cool. Uh, we could just, well, we could just discuss it based on his hair, but we won't. Um, and again, this is, I don't know, he's a, he's a tricky one because he's, he, he's such a good player when he's on the court, but he's just, he feels so old and so injured that I just don't see him playing more than 55 games. Um, and so I've got him at 30 based purely on how good he can be per game. Um, but I'm certainly not taking him at 30. Yeah, in the in the roto formats, it does make more sense, um, you know, when you've got the games limit and so on, uh, Jimmy at around that spot or even a bit higher. Um, but, yeah, his track record in terms of playing isn't great. It's not that he's, you know, made of, you know, made of uh, paper mache or anything like that. I think quite the contrary. It's just that situation with the heat. I don't really need to play him every game to be in that kind of top four discussion. Uh, I'm definitely going to avoid the playing, in my view. Um, you know, even if Jimmy does play, you know, half half the games across the season. Um, so yeah, I just haven't trusted him for years to give me the the games that we need. And uh, yeah, I guess you know, anecdotally, personally. Um, before that, I, I have had him in, in, in leagues and, you know, just sitting games when you really need him to play. Um, so, yeah, just purely on that basis, uh, I know that oh, you can't forecast injuries and that kind of stuff, but it just seems that is a bit of an unofficial, uh, you know, uh, what is it, injury management schedule, kind of the Kawhi treatment going on with Jimmy. Um, they just don't frame it that way at the heap. No, and and as I said, I, I'm not taking him there. I, I'd probably take him, maybe in the. I don't know. It's hard though because I mean, once you get to the fourth round, where you might consider taking him, that by then you're sort of starting to look for upside and some of these younger guys, that sort of thing. And, and Butler doesn't fit that either. He's sort of that in between guy. So, um, yeah, look, I'm not going to argue with you too much on that one either. To be honest, uh, next pairing that you had were down down here uh you desmond bain deandre ayton at 50 and 51 um, yeah yeah i mean bain for me i i guess I, i'm just not sure i don't know 
I can't think off the top of my head where he finished last season, probably top 40-ish. Um, and I just think with with uh, Dylan Brooks healthy, um, that's going to impact him a little bit. Jaron Jackson is out, so that maybe that sort of can they cancel each other out. But I'm just not sure I can see him getting a lot higher um, than 40, and, and I'm not sure I'd want to draft him there at his ceiling. So that's my reasoning there. I really like Bain. I mean, I, I grabbed him with a sort of 120, 130th pick in pretty much every league last year, and, and that turned out to um, be a really nice move. But I'm just not sure if he's being valued out. And, and Aiton, I oh, just don't like what's going on at the Suns with, with Aiton and, and the attitude and everything. So he's just someone I'm avoiding. And the fact he doesn't provide elite shot blocking for some reason, I feel like he should, but he doesn't. And so there's just some centers in that range that I would rather over him for that reason. But but what are you, what's your sort of thinking on those guys? Yeah, so with Bain, um, kind of like you, I find it find it really uh, disconcerting taking him, you know, in that fourth round. Um, it just doesn't feel right. You know, thinking back to last season, like you, I took him and he actually won me. Almost, you know, a couple of leagues last season, honestly. Uh, in fact, I've got his jersey getting shipped to me from Memphis um, as one of the prizes for one of those leagues. Um, it does feel odd when you take someone, you know, 140, 150 the year before, uh, and then suddenly you're taking them in the, you know, potentially in the top 40. Um, but I just think he's that good. Like, he's just, just the eye test, like we've spoken about on previous yeah. podcasts. You watch him play. Uh, he's got a really good shooting stroke. You know, he's 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 decent defensively. Um, he's definitely you know a core part of that team. Um, See, so with me, I think uh, you know I share that concern with Brooks. You know, it's a common kind of um, commentary from fantasy analysts. Oh, why does Brooks get the ball so much? And he takes too many shots. He's jacking up shots. That kind of thing. Um, I don't think Brooks is concrete central part of Memphis moving forward. So he might want to take all the shots in the world and he actually might come out the gates doing some something like that. Uh, but I think that Bain is their guy uh, and Brooks could be short-lived on that team. I think he's um, he's a, he could be traded uh, he, and, and if not traded, I think at a certain point in time, they're going to have to start to kind of marginalise him or potentially push him into that sixth man kind of a role um so i think like i think my confidence that bain is gonna have a primary you know position on this team he's gonna be one of the you know the the top go-to guys uh I've, I've i've thought about it long and hard and i think i just don't see i just don't see uh anybody really threatening him uh in particular brooks um for that yeah. role um, and yeah, he's been playing really good in uh, he's been playing really good in the uh, in the in the preseason. And then his stat set as well, it's just it's ultra good if you're doing the punt, uh, you know, if you're punting field goal percentage blocks and rebounds, which is a which is a build that I find myself doing quite a lot this season for whatever there's just not much in the way of blocks unless you're getting them in those first few rounds. Uh, he ju- he's just such a great, guy to get in that fifth round um yeah so <clears throat> understand that i'm arguing for him to be higher uh you've got him at pick 50 which is in the fifth round uh i actually would value him kind of in that 35 to 40 range uh you know you don't have to get him there though you can get him kind of that 55 range so yeah just love the value there um and i'm yeah i'll take him in the fifth round all day yeah no that that's that's fair. Um, I, I love Bain as well. So, and, and I think, yeah, as I said, I, I don't think he, he's not going to break out and be a top 30 guy, but I mean, his steals may come up fractionally um, just as he, as he spends more time in the NBA. Um, he'll get used to that side of the game a bit more. Um, did you want to touch on Aiton at all or? Oh yeah. So while you do that though, I'm just going to listen to a voicemail on my phone and make sure it's not my kids, uh, yeah, the that, school mate. ringing me. So you do that while I listen. No drama. All righty. So, yeah, DeAndre, mm, what are my thoughts on him? I also think that he gets kind of a, a bum rap 
I'm pretty sure I've spoken about this before. Um, almost seems to be like a scapegoat on the, on the Suns team. Um, I think it actually goes all the way back to when he was drafted. You know, everybody, not everybody, but particularly in fantasy circles, we kind of all knew that Luca was going to be the preeminent player from that draft. The Suns didn't take him at one. And they've kind of, I think that's kind of coloured the way that people look at Aiden over the years in the sense that, uh, you know, he's he takes a bit of a devaluation because people feel that he was taken too high. Now, as you were saying before, Adam, he, he doesn't block a lot of shots, um, which for a big man in those early rounds, you know, you really do want those block shots. But if you are, you know, punting blocks, which great strategy this season, uh, he actually is a great centre. You know, his percentages are, are very good. I particularly like his free throw percentage is, is quite high. Um, so it's not that I think he should be you know, massively higher than this. I just think he's a bargain where people are drafting him. He's not getting drafted to the fifth or sixth round um, in most leagues this season. And I think taking him in the fourth uh, is completely fine. Um, he's not getting a lot of blocks at the moment, but I don't necessarily think that's to say that he'll never get a lot of blocks. Uh, I was listening to something, uh, it was with uh, the, the Dunk Don guys, Nate Duncan, and they were doing the Suns season preview. And uh, one of the kind of threads that they were going through there was, um, you know, Aiton has been asked to, you know, like where Doncic or other kind of, uh, you know, Trey have come in as being the guy on the team. Aiton never really got afforded that opportunity. He's He's always had to kind of mould himself into a uh, supporting cast role. So, you know, he's the offence isn't necessarily getting run through him. He's being used to set screens and um, and that kind of thing. So I just think that there's another level to DeAndre that we we haven't seen yet. Uh, and I think it's going to come at some point in time. I think, uh, like, for instance, if he'd gone to the paces, I think we would have seen a, a really interesting kind of oh, yeah, new yeah. look at DeAndre. Yeah. And, um, yeah, tension with the coach, that kind of puts me off and the, the Suns are a shit show at the moment. Uh, but at the end of the day, I still think that potential is there and that it gets underpriced. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think that I think that's fair. And, and he doesn't block shots, as we said, but I, I think he probably can. Like, he's athletic, he's young, there's no reason... He shouldn't be, uh, other than just his lack of defensive awareness. But that is something that, that can come over time and develop later. So um, next guy is, is just down the board there a little bit, uh, Jalen Green at 54. Uh, you said to me you would go higher than this on him. Um, I I guess my, my reasoning for not going much higher than this is just until we see the the steals and the assists come up a little bit, he's more of a of a shooting guard um, before a point guard. I think with Kevin Porter there, who's running the offense, Shingun, the we'll go through him a little bit. Um, I yeah, I just like to see some more production across the board from Green before I move him up. But but you you would move him up, obviously. Yeah, I've been taking him in earlier than that, uh, and uh, and I've got him in my World Cup queue right now, and I'm about three picks away from my pick. It's my fifth round pick, <laughs> round pick 58 or something. Uh, so I hope no one's listening to this and they go and snipe him uh, in that particular league because uh, I really want him. But the reason that I do really want him in that league and just generally is just that points that, I mean, just for the points alone, you know, yeah. projected at around, you know, it was up at around 24 and a half points. I think Josh had him at, um, it's dropped back a little bit, you know, maybe 22, 23. Now, uh, I still think he could be pushing up past that 24, 25 points a game on that Houston team. Um, and then I think those other statistical categories hasn't really showed it yet. Uh, to your point, you know, hasn't showed the assists, hasn't proved that he can pass, hasn't showed the steals. Uh, but that's the type of improvement that you see from second-year guys, you know, mm. in those kind of categories. Yeah. So just to expect that 
well, I guess there's a few ways you could look at it, right? So you could think, all right, Jalen might regress back to the way that he was in the first part of last year, which was not good. Hmm. Or you could say, well, maybe he, maybe he maintains a consistent level with how he looked after the all-star break, which would be kind of 24 points a game. Yeah. Minimal assists and steals kind of okay shooting percentages. But then the third way to look at it is like, well, you know, he was on an upward trajectory after the All-Star break. Yeah. He's entering his second year. He's had a whole off-season. Guy's probably grown a bit. Uh, he's only 21, not even. Um, you know, he could take steps up, you know, in, in, in multiple categories. So I just feel that points at that point of the draft, getting 24, 25 points, if you've if you've got some high point scorers in the first three or four rounds, like that's pretty much locking up your points category. And then you don't have to chase them later on. You can concentrate yeah. on filling out your other stat sets, which I've just found it just getting those points in early just relieves so much pressure at the end of the draft, I find. Um that yeah, I just I, I just value I value that um, you know juicing that category at this point in the draft, and I also think that there's just a bunch of upside for the guy. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with that. And and as you said, points are at a premium early, and I think that by getting points early, that then allows you later in drafts to sort of, as you said, not not have to worry about points, which opens up players that are more like steel specialists and rebound specialists because it's easier it's easier to find guys at the back end of drafts who can help you in in steals or, or in blocks or in these one categories but not really points you're not going to get a lot of guys that will just give you 16 points or um, other than maybe like a Jordan Clarkson or Boyan Bogdanovich, those guys, but there's not many of them. So, so no, that that makes sense. Although, I mean, look, once Tari Eason starts scoring 20 a game, um, that's going to take away from Jalen Green oh, as well. Mate, I just uh, <laughs> did, a, did a dynasty draft and I had uh, pick one, pick eight, pick 12, and um, not necessarily the most engaged group of guys. It's the first dynasty I ever started. And uh, I was like... I'm going to get Tari with pick eight for sure. If not, I could probably get him with pick 12. Yeah. Uh, he went at seven. So I was shattered. Yeah. I, I had to take Duran at pick eight, but I didn't feel great about it. No, no. Tari uh, is certainly the hype guy this season. Um, and we just need to – I just did a show with Mitch Casey and um, he's sort of – of the thinking that he could end up being this year's Shangoon where everyone drafts him and waits, but you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and it never happens. I hope that's not the case. Um, I hope that they do uh, sort of, I mean, not to open the season, but hopefully they realise quite quickly that, that he needs to be on the floor ahead of Jay Sean Tate. But I'm thinking we'll he's, he's in like after a few weeks. I hope so. I really hope yeah. so. Um, so let's have a look at my list. Michael Porter Jr., uh, 57, I, I've got him, and, and you sort of indicated that this is about where you'd take him anyway, but he's worth discussing just because of uh, how, I guess, polarising he is. Um, well, he's gone way later. Uh, he, he's going in the 70s, 80s yeah. range, sometimes in the 90s. He so, is, yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, I think this is where his value lies still with plenty of upside i mean he what was the top 30 season before last yeah year? so the the season before last before he got injured he was 27th i think and i only know that because i looked it up for one of the other shows and that was with jamal murray and with nicole Jokic. uh so we know he can be a top 30 player and as i've said a number of times this season i think the fact that will barton's not there helps him um i think he gets utilized better on the offensive end It'd be great if he could get his defensive numbers up closer to a steal and a block a game. Uh, I'm not sure that happens, but uh, he's a decent rebounder. He's generally pretty efficient. I, I'm not sure he's as efficient as he has been. I think that maybe takes a bit of a hit. But, um, yeah, look, at 57, I still think there's a round or two of, of value. But like you said, you can get him around pick 70, 75 in some drafts. Yeah, well, he was going in the in the second, third round uh, last season, I think it was, uh, after that big uh, 27th ranked finish the season before. 
obviously that did not work out for the people that drafted him. I think you were one of those people, uh, Adam. I wasn't taking him that high, but uh, you know he has the potential to 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 reach those lofty heights. That's for sure. And then, okay, so why is he ranked at 57 on your rankings? Why is he getting drafted in the 70s and 80s? It's the injury risk. Like, okay, you've had a couple of back surgeries um, over the last few years. That doesn't scream, you know, draft me uh, or I'm going to stay injury-free. But um, something that will, uh, you know, it might be good news for you, Adam, is, again, I was listening to the C's that dunked on season preview uh on the uh on the on the denver nuggets it was released yesterday i think uh and the guy that nate was talking to was you know the beat writer for the nuggets he goes to the trainings and he's been watching the scrimmages and stuff and he said that he said that uh that michael porter jr is looking great so yeah. he said he wouldn't have he does not look like he doesn't even look like um you know when people come back from an injury they kind of ease into things a bit and they you know like they don't really show that same burst or uh they look a bit wry on their on their toes kind of a thing uh the word is that he is not looking like he's looking spry uh he's looking good so that's um really positive news and incidentally same report on jamal murray and i don't think it's just a case of the beat writer pumping up the you know the 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 guys on his team it did come across as quite a genuine observation to me so that fills me with hope and I think I've still got a few drafts going I'll be going a little bit early on MPJ versus the ADP so yeah slap snap him up in the in the late 60s early 70s every day yeah and look I think what I mean back injuries are are really tricky but I do think that the medical staff, like they're obviously the best of the best. These team, well, some teams are debatable, but most of them would would really know their job. And being a back injury, I think they would have done a lot of work on figuring out why it happened and why it continues to happen. And whereas with a knee injury, it's, it can just be a freak thing, uh, like we saw with Bagley today or or with Jamal Murray himself. They they just come out of nowhere. There's nothing you can do to avoid them. But a back injury, there's often work that you can do in terms of running style and just the the way they use their body on the court, those sorts of things, to try and put them in a place, uh, put him in a better place to, to not have to go through that again. So I'm hoping that they have done that work as well to try and avoid this, this sort of happening again. Um, kind of ironically, that Bagley injury... Probably helps the Pistons see like outlook for, for the season. Their win, their win loss outlook, huh? Less Bagley equals more wins. Sorry, my son's just home banging on the front door to come in. Um, oh, no I'm worries. T- I'm telling him to come through the door behind me. I'll see if he heard me. Um, so the next guy we had on the list. So we've only got a few left here. Uh, at sixty-five, I'll scroll up a bit there. Lowry Markinen. Uh, yeah, look, he's probably one of the names that I'm going to shuffle down a little bit. Um, and watching him, I mean, he was good today. I watched quite a bit of the preseason. Uh, he had, I think he had 18 and 10. Um, no, he does nothing on defence. And honestly, watching that Jazz team, outside of Walker Kessler, they are going to play zero defence this <laughs> this season because Kelly Olynyk does nothing. Uh, Lowry does nothing. Um, I mean, Vanderbilt's solid enough, but he's not tall enough to defend the basket. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch them. But I think, yeah, look, Lowry's going to get his close to 20 and 10. He'll get you some threes. He's pretty efficient from both the the free throw line and the field. So, reasonably proficient from the field for someone who shoots a lot of threes anyway. Um, So... Yeah, I think, again, this probably links in a little bit to that trying to get points um, just because he's going to have the opportunity. But, I I mean, I don't think he's a super great player, but the Jazz don't need him to be. So, yeah, you're obviously dropping him down. I'm assuming you're not thinking he's too low there. Uh, No, I'm I'm thinking he's too high. Um, But, I I mean, I just think that... uh... You know, when we had the news of the Mitchell trade, everyone got really hot on Markinen and Sexton. All of a sudden, uh, I was getting Sexton in, you know, last pick, second last pick in in the drafts that I was doing prior to that trade. I'm not sure where Lowry was going because, yeah, I just I didn't really rate him as a player, so I never kind of picked him up. But then post that trade, you know, it it really flipped, you know, and Sexton 
going in the sixth, seventh round. Um, Markinen, same thing. So now I think it's just adjusted too much the other way. Um, you know, if I'm the Jazz, um, yeah, I'm going to play a lot of Lowry. I'm going to play a lot of Sexton. But I've actually got a pretty – I don't have any a lot of top 100 guys, but I've got a pretty deep kind of rotation, you know what I mean? And there's certainly a lot of guards that want to shoot on that team, whether it's Jordan Clarkson or, you know, even uh, – even uh, uh, Alexander Walker, uh, even uh, who's the other bloke? Uh, well, you've got the Jared Butler, the, the point guard there. You've got um, Balmaro. I think he's still on the team. You know that team has got like eight shooting guards. So yeah. uh, I think they're going to want to get a bit more of a look at some of those guys. You know, to your point, uh, Jazz aren't really looking to win games a lot this season. It seems so. I just don't think they're going to trot Lowry out there kind of 35 minutes a game and let him take up all the shots. I think it'll be a bit more of a sharing is caring type of a vibe. Um, and yeah, so whilst I still think he's a good pick, just not quite this early. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Uh, next pairing, you, you pointed out two guys here, Jordan Poole and Tyrese Maxey at 80 and 81. Um, you said you'd be a bit higher on them. I maybe I somewhat agree on Jordan Poole, Maxi. I actually think this is about right. I wouldn't go much higher than than that on him. Um, but that's it's really I don't know. He's one of these guys. I talked with Mitch and Josh about Maxi actually the, um, this morning because he's had a really strong preseason in terms of scoring, but he 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 literally does nothing else at this stage, and and so. That's, I guess, my concern is that with Harden at point guard, Maxi's not really going to get any assists. He doesn't get steals. Um, he can be efficient, but if you're relying on him to be efficient um, for value, then I don't really like that idea because I, I just think there could be a period where his shot doesn't fall and, he, and his efficiency drops off a little bit. So that's my concerns with him, Pool. Um, has looked really good as well, but I, I just feel like he offers a little bit more upside uh, in terms of assists and steals. So um, you obviously think both of those guys should be a bit higher? Yeah, so I think they both fall into the same category to me, which is that they're pretty much future stars on the ascent. So I reckon legitimately Pull and Maxi could both be on max contracts, um, you know, on their next on their next time around, I think Paul is waiting to see what type of extension um, the Warriors offer him. Obviously, this Draymond thing has been uh, throwing a spanner into the works there. But Tyler Hero got 120 million over four years, uh, plus up to an extra 10 million dollars in unlikely incentives. So that's over 30 million a year for uh, for uh, for Tyler Hero. Paul's not going to take less than that. Um, I mean, he, nor should he, because he's a better player. So, you know, I think uh, he's legit uh, potential max player, Jordan Poole. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, I know that he's on a crowded team, and this goes the same with Maxi, right? So with Poole, you've got Steph, you've got Clay, uh, you've got, uh, you know, who else is on that team taking shots? Um, you know, you've got... Uh, uh, missing someone uh, really notable here, but... Poole is kind of the odd man out in the sense that he's kind of like the, you know, the sixth man. But the, the reality of the situation is that he's, you know, he's a legitimately great shooting guard. Doesn't matter which team he should be starting. And he's, he's on, as I said, he's on the ascendancy. So I just think he's going to continue to improve. Um, and whether they, you know, whether we think that he fits in a, like a construction where he's only getting kind of 27 minutes a night, the shots are going to Clay and Steph. I just think he's just going to demand it by just how good he is offensively. He's going to demand the ball and he's going to get the ball. And I think that kind of same thing goes with Maxi. Um, so, yeah, you've got Embiid, you've got Harden, you know, they're taking a lot of shots. But Maxi is just so good already and getting better, so efficient. Um he might just be undeniable. Like if he just stays on the trajectory that he's been over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months of constant, constant improvement, um, you know, like it, it wouldn't be like if, imagine if we got to the end of the season 
and Maxi finished higher than Harden in the rankings. Pretty unlikely outcome, but you wouldn't say it's impossible. Same thing with Pool and Clay. You know what I mean? So um, that one's a lot more possible. Uh, but yeah, I think just when you've got those young studs who are legitimately, you know, starting caliber players and they're so young and then they're playing on teams with older guys, it, ju it just can become undeniable. They just supplant them, um, if you know yes. what I mean, just based on their level of output and skill and their motor and so forth. And, you know, they're, yeah. they're not probably not going to break down as much as those other guys as well. So, uh, you know, if I factor in Clay and or Steph missing, you know, 20 games each, something like that, um, then, you know, Poole's going to be the guy stepping into that role. And then similarly, uh, I think Maxi, it's not quite as clear cut. But yeah, Harden misses any time. Maxi's right there. But I think actually Maxi and Harden can coexist together to a to a certain degree. So yeah, I think both of those guys have got upside versus that um, that that ranking position. Yeah, no, no. That's and and in, when you referencing the the Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson sort of end of season rank thing, I think it's well not only possible but probable. I actually think Poole probably will end up ranked higher than Clay. Um, yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think he just does a little bit more outside of the scoring, whereas Clay, really, I mean, he, he's a he's a decent defender. He's not as good a defender as he used to be, but that that happens after you go through those injuries and as you get older. Um, but his defensive capabilities have never actually translated well into fantasy. So, whereas I th and I think Paul um, can can sort of get decent assists, and as you said, on those those nights when Steph sits. Paul is going to be the primary ball handler. So there'll be games where he'll be running the point, running the show. So, um, yeah, no, certainly certainly makes uh, makes sense. Uh, the final guy that you sent through is Jalen Smith, and he's sort of one of these guys, I guess, that people were – as soon as we heard he was going to start at power forward, um, people got really excited and started taking him around this area, around 80. And I, I think he's actually – falling a little bit I, I think people are just he hasn't been super impressive in the preseason uh and so he is one guy that i might drop back and and i would probably move someone like keegan murray uh paolo banquero ahead of him um even jeremy grant who's looked really good uh he's starting to grow on me as a as an option around pick 80 this season so a few names there that I might bump up the list, but I'm assuming you you think there as well that Jalen is just going a little bit high and probably being priced out. Yeah, I was loving it in the early draft onlys when you were getting him kind of 100 to 120 range. Uh, and then, yeah, to your exact point, um, he was, I mean, it was kind of weird, the paces coming out so early and saying, right, mm. you're the starter. Um, it just seemed to me like that kind of, could have again just kind of been tied up in his contract because he's on a pretty friendly contract to the team i think it's about 10 million a year uh and it's a reasonably short contract i think potentially a team option uh as well so sometimes when the team is looking to sign a player onto a really team friendly contract sometimes they can get that over the line with things like all right you'll be the starter you know and then what happens after that is like, you know, the guy might start, he might, but his minutes might not be starters minutes. Yeah. And then he might not even be a starter after a while if he gets played off the court. And then you look at, you know, there's a, there is a bit of depth over there at Indiana. You know, you've got Ajax waiting in the wings. Um, you know, Miles Turner's still on the team. Um, you know, there's, there's other guys that they want going to want to get a look at as well. Um, so yeah, I just think that immediately viewing, locking up or like locking in 35 minutes a night to, for Jalen Smith is an error. Uh, I just don't see him playing those full starter minutes. I think it was kind of more of a, yeah, to do with the contract. Uh, and then, yeah, the reaction on, on that news was just too much. So Again, if we're getting back into that 100 to 120 range, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll grab him if he fits my build. Uh, but otherwise, he's not, he's not finding his way onto my teams. Yeah, no, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, I think, I think the hype has gone a bit far there. Um, 
that, that they were sort of they were all the players that you sent through to me and then as as we sort of said once you get beyond pick 100 you sort of just grab your guy depending what stats you need and who you like on your team um someone like a i mean i don't know anyone that likes dylan brooks but um like a cole anthony i've got him at 130 there but you take him at pick 100 that's completely fine especially with suggs out and with uh fultz out anthony is going to be starting um so yeah, I mean, for anyone that sort of does read through the ranks there, as once you get into that back end, it's really just looking for upside and looking for players that can help you in certain uh, certain areas. Anyone else you want to talk about there before we jump out? Uh, well, briefly on Dylan Brooks, I have never drafted him before this season, but then I've drafted him a few times in the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, just going back to the punt, um, punt big man um, stats this year, which I don't typically do, but I'm doing it a lot this year. He gives you points uh, at the forward position late in the draft. So yeah. uh, I have found myself taking him in a, around like a, around 11, round 12, even though I want to puke in my mouth every time I do it. Uh, I took him in the analyst league uh, and just didn't did not feel good about it at all. Um, didn't feel cool to take him there. No, uh, but no, it's anyway, not. A, he's so. not a fun pick. Um, yeah, you sort of take him and then just feel yucky. But yeah. as you said, he'll get you points. He'll get you threes. He'll get you a steal a game. One point one steals. He's good from the free throw line. Um, so he is. Yeah, he's he's a good example there of of a player you can grab late in drafts. And and I I think you do. I mean, it's it's hard to do sometimes, but just because you don't like a player as a basketball player doesn't mean that they're not worth drafting. And, and that can be hard, but um, like Russell Westbrook, I took him in a mock draft today and I absolutely hated it, but he was a really good fit for the punt that I was doing. So just keep that in mind that you don't always have to get the guys you like, um, actually go after the guys that fit best. So uh, look, that's... I'll give you, that... um, just, just before you wrap it up, I'll just yeah, yeah. mention... Two more guys. Um, one guy that I'll make a comment on, and then one guy I'll ask you to make a comment on. So first up, Anthony Simons at one eleven. I, I kind of missed that when we when we rolled through um, uh, when I when I looked through the rankings um, earlier today. Uh, I, I've definitely got him up a bit higher than that, 20, 20, 30 spots higher than that. In fact, so I probably should have had him on the list. Um, okay, he's not going to be able to repeat what he did when Dame isn't you know when dame's playing with him you know he put up big stats last year when dame was out everyone was out um yeah i don't think he's going to get back to that level but at the end of the day he's going to fill that cj role and just look at what cj was doing in, in yeah. you know in, in, in uh, portland um and cj is kind of like perpetually top 50 60 player um so i just don't see why anthony can't have a similar you know production set alongside dame um, they've had all off season to work on it and figure it out and, and what have you. So uh, probably have him a bit higher. Uh, but then the guy that I thought that I'd get you to comment on because I think he's um, he's a really interesting uh, player and you've actually got him ranked a bit higher than his ADPs and I think with good reason that's Tari Eason. Yeah, look, I mean, we talked about him a bit earlier uh, and... He's yeah. I mean, if he, I'm assuming the Rockets have got another preseason game, I don't know, tomorrow or something. Another one before before the regular season. If he goes for twenty and ten in that game, his ADP could come inside the top one hundred. <laughs> come yeah. um, like by by the end of this week. Um, look, he's looked really good. He was really good in summer league as well. Uh, I, I managed to draft him in a lot of those draft only leagues with my last pick. Um, you can't do that anymore. You're having to reach up to about 110, 120 to get him. He's going in sort of the, the 10th, 11th round now. So sort of right on that fringe of, of being a starting player in a standard roster. Um, yeah, look, I I just really hope that um, they realise that he, he should be out on the court. Uh, he, he's he's just a, an improved version of Jay Sean Tate, really. He's able to contribute on both ends of the court. Um, his energy is really good. Uh, he, he's good at filling those passing lanes, gets deflections, um, can attack the basket. So it's really all there. Uh, and, and it's just hopefully they don't give him the Shangoon treatment from last season where they 
constantly just play him 18 minutes, 16 minutes, and then give us a tease where he'll play 27 minutes in one game and go off, and then they'll drag him back to the bench and play him 16 minutes. So I'm okay taking him, um, yeah, around that 110, 120. But as I said, I think if he's... If he has another really good game, he could start to be priced out a little bit. Um, I'm not sure the ceiling is there to, for him to fully reach his potential this season. So, yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm hoping he doesn't play well in the, in the last game. Maybe I'm fair to say that. What What are your thoughts on him? Much the same, or uh, I was just thinking that we did actually talk about it before, and I was telling how I missed him in my in my dynasty league uh, earlier today. Um, but yeah, my thoughts on him are that uh, that he's going to find his way into that starting group, or at least be playing starters minutes relatively quickly. So yeah, he might. So I, the only kind of case that I can see for Tate um, sticking with that starting job would be to just pump up his trade value, um, you know, with a, with a view to move him at the deadline. They did sign Tate to a really kind of again a very team friendly contract um so he's going to be extremely tradable um so i can see him just being gone off the rockets very very quickly um yeah. and even if he isn't tari could be kind of winning the minute split with tate even if he's coming in off the bench yeah and i, and I think um uh, we need eric gordon to be traded as well or or, or moved out but i think that happens as well although we thought that yeah, would happen last season yeah, um, and that, yeah, that would open up some more injury games. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So that that sort of, I mean, went a bit longer, but they always do. Um, you've you've got kids stuff, I'm I'm sure to do, and my kids are getting home from school now. So um, I normally get asked on shows to talk about what FBI is doing, but I'll ask you to let people know what's going on at FBI at the moment. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we've. The bulk of the redraft leagues have kicked off. Um, so I think there was a 40 or so um, that, are, that are drafting now. Uh, always this time of year, you know, one week before the season, there's just a huge spike in demand for like pretty much like the, the low end head to head leagues, like the $20 buy in ones, not Roto, not the $50 leagues, $20 leagues. So I'm adding one or two of those um like every 12 to 18 hours at the moment and they're they're filling pretty quickly so just uh if you do want to jump into a into a league um uh, i don't worry about the draft not being complete uh even at this point in time my experience is that the drafts basically do get completed even if you were in round 13 or 14 uh when the when the season tipped off uh, the like your stats will still accumulate, um, so you know you, you can do it anyway. And in some cases, I can just start the you know I would just start the the season off in week two, the first week's a you know five day week anyway. Um, so yeah, a few head to head leagues still filling. Uh, the World Cup's obviously in full swing. Um, yeah, I have to apologise to everyone for the. Uh, uh, the difficulty we had with uh, with that out of the gate, so yeah, that that was a a fan tracks wide issue. Just happened to hit right when we were kicking off the World Cup. I think the World Cup might have had something to do with it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, um, probably did. Yeah, kicking off twenty four drafts simultaneously, kind of. Um, and I know that Josh's mega leagues were were going on at the same time, so uh, you know those issues we were experiencing them like, even on non FBI. Um, drafts, but um, you know, credit to fan tracks. You know, they were very responsive when I was communicating to them over that. It felt like a whole week, but it was just one and a half days. Um, they deployed several fixes that took care of the you know ninety five percent of the problems. Uh, I thanked already Spazzy McGee for helping me to unpause those draft rooms and stuff. Um, so 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 many times that was a real help. Um, but yeah, in terms of what we're doing, it's just those last few leagues filling up the World Cup. Um, look, we're, I think we're going to have to do another show all about the World Cup, Adam, because uh, it's pretty complicated. Um, there's a fair bit of nuance to it. I want everyone to understand all the implications of everything. Uh, I'm not going to go through it all now. Um, no more dynasty for this season. Um, trades and stuff with Matt's DMD leagues are all closing off in the next few days. 
So, yeah, they're like kind of we're coming to the close of the hectic pre-season period. Um, and, yeah, if you want to get into a league, you probably should jump in very soon. Otherwise, uh, looking forward to tip-off, mate. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a fun season. Um, we've we've hope, I mean, this this show will just continue to roll through the season um, as needed. We'll maybe do one episode a week, maybe two, um, and then looking at a couple of other ideas we've got sort of going on in the background for some new shows as well. Um, hopefully, we'll get them up and running uh, in the next a week to two weeks, I suppose. Um, so yeah, thanks. Me, me holding those up at this point. Oh, look, it's yeah, that's what happens when you when yeah. you have a baby in early October. Um, so no, look, that, that's good. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it was good to to go through those rankings uh, finally. So for for anyone watching, remember you can check out all of our content, uh, including access to the Discord server where we're over two thousand members now uh which which is really nice it's, it's a very active community if you're not in it um fbibasketball.com is the website uh follow the podcasts spotify google Podcasts, apple podcasts uh love it if you could give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the youtube channel uh and until next time catch up you just listened to another episode from the fantasy basketball international podcast network thanks for joining us And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.